new to Fairview, if this is your very first time with us out there, watching me right now on the screen is a little is a little weird if you've never done that before, but I promise you this, there's people in this auditorium right now that are watching me on the screen too. So it's nothing new. Now, so don't don't make up your mind after the first time. You gotta, you gotta give it a chance. Don't make up your mind after the first time. Now, after the 150th time, if, if it don't seem to fit, do what you have to do. Amen? But give us a shot. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter number 16. Matthew, chapter number 16. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. It is good to be in the south. They say amen right there. I was, I was preaching in, in Logan, Ohio this week at a men's conference, and, and they were predicting a really bad ice storm to come in. And the ice storm, if it came in, it would mess up the conference, and it also keep me in Ohio. Somebody say, that's not good for a southern redneck. Say amen. But God intervened. Amen. Amen. He thawed out the airport and got me home. Amen. I am so thankful for that. If you will, if you will, look in Matthew chapter number 16, and we're going to begin in verse number 13. Verse number 13. This is what I want to do. We are, we are kicking off our brand new campus in Fairview. I'm so excited about that. I've been praying, Lord, what do, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to lead in, in the beginning of this? And uh, I have read, I have read where at the, at the beginning of the season, all the time with Vince Lombardi, he would take all of the football players, whether they were rookies or whether they were seasoned, I mean seasoned ball players. And you got to think about this. Most of, most of these football players have played ball their whole entire life, all the way up through childhood, so they know something about uh, football. And he would take this in the beginning of uh, spring season there, beginning of the training, he would take a football. And he would say, gentlemen, this is a football what are you saying? I'm saying he got very elementary with them. He said, our job is to get this ball over that line. Defense, your job is to keep this football from getting over that line. Now, here's what I want to do today. Church, I want to say, this is a church. This is a church. I want to take a few weeks, uh, three or four weeks, however many we, we take, uh, whatever God leads us to do, and just break down the DNA of our church here at Temple Baptist Church. And more importantly, what does the Bible say about church? Now, how many of y'all would agree with this? That there's a lot of people that got different ideas about what church is supposed to be. You, 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 you define by your experience what you've been exposed to. But I'm afraid to say there's a lot of non-biblical churches today. And the greatest thing we could ever do, the only thing we can get wrong in church is to get it wrong by the Bible. And if you get it wrong by the Bible, you're just wrong. And it's not going to work, amen? But if you do God's work, God's way, you'll have God's power and God's touch, amen? Well, let's look. Let's look here in verse number 13. Got so nervous leaving this morning, I left my glasses in the office. So if I get it wrong, just overlook it, amen? Here we go. Matthew 16, 13. Are you ready? When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
If you ever get anything right in your life, you need to get Jesus right. If there's any question you need to answer right in your life, you need to answer that question, who is Jesus to you? Amen? And it says this, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, now read with me at our Fairview campus. Read with me here. Let's all read it together. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Say it again. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a great promise. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you for the privilege it is to serve you. Thank you for an opportunity to come and share your word with your people. I pray that you'll pour your spirit upon this place. I pray that you'll pour your spirit upon everyone that's watching today. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to, I want to take an opportunity to just talk about the church. The church. I love the church. I, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in church my whole life. Most of my memories that I have is in the church. The greatest memories I have is in the church. The greatest friends I have is in the church. God blessed me when he put me in the church. Now the word church just means called out assembly. Ecclesia, which means a called out group. A group who has a great profession. You see, in these, these verses that we're reading here, we find there's a very pivotal time here with Jesus and his disciples. A time when, listen, when, it, when the rubber meets the road, if you will, they have to decide who he is to them. He had, they have to decide what he means to them. And so he asked them, point blank, who do men say that I am? And they said, some think you're John the Baptist that's come back from the dead. Some think you're one of the prophets, you know. And, and, and there's a lot of people that have ideas of who they think Jesus is. Some people think Jesus was just a good teacher. Some people think that he was just a, a good person who lived upon this earth. But, but he says, you know what? Who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter what they say. What do you say? And Peter said, we believe that thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. And Jesus said, listen, it isn't flesh and blood that's revealed this unto thee. It is my father which is in heaven. And let me tell you, if you ever come to Jesus, you'll come by his spirit. He said, listen, upon this rock, I will build my church. My church. What a great promise. Now, if you're writing notes, if you're taking notes. Uh, I kind of did it old school like I used to do it a long time ago. So I, I, I've got some, some main points and some subs. So if you want to write them down, that's fine. But number one, here, here's what I want you to see. When we, when we talk about the church and discuss the church, I'm not going to discuss styles. I'm not going to discuss preferences. I'm not going to discuss the different ways people do things. You know, how many of y'all know people do stuff different up north? Y'all ain't got no idea how they desecrate grits up in the north. I mean, people do stuff different, amen. And you know what? It, they do stuff different in church. I remember the very first time I preached in Columbus, Ohio. And they talk different up there too, guys. 
I walked into a I walked into a Sunday school room and, and, and this was before church started and, and, and everybody was sitting down facing forward not saying a word. And that was a little weird for me, man. You're supposed to fellowship at church, you know? Especially when the name of the church is Fellowship Baptist Church. And so I walk in to open the door and I'm walking in and everybody turns and looks at me and I said, How y'all doing? And God is my witness. This is exactly what happened. A guy looked at me and said, you're not from around here, are you, sir? I said, apparently not. Amen. They're just different. They do things different. They're, 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 they're not really, uh, when it comes to emotions. In the South, you know when someone's mad. You know when someone's glad. Amen. You know when someone's sad. We, we, we express ourselves, but, but up there, it's like this is their happy face. But it's also their sad face. I mean, and that's kind of okay. I mean, that's kind of okay because they're, they're really balanced and they're really level. You, do, you know, you don't have these high emotional lows. How many of y'all know southern people can be hard to live with? Because of the high low. Well, they're kind of cool, man. They're just out there, but they're different. And churches are different. Uh, churches do songs differently. Churches do music differently. And we're not talking about any of that stuff. We're going to talk about the biblical pattern, biblical understanding of what Bible churches are. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So the first thing I want you to see, the first thing I want you to understand, write this down. I want you to see the architect of the church. It's so important that we understand that this, this church thing that we do, this, this idea of church, it was not made up by some religious shyster. There's, there's people going around, there's people going around saying, listen, I don't have to go to church. They're just after your money and they're just after your time and they're just trying to use people. I don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. Well, the problem with that is, is that's not biblical. And you don't know what you're talking about. If you're running around saying that, and if you think this idea was made up from some religious guy to get your money, then you haven't read your Bible. Because my Bible says that Jesus said the first mention of the church is by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I will build my church. Jesus is the architect of the church. It was his idea. It was his plan. Three things about that. Write this down. Number one, I want you to see this. Jesus died for his church. Jesus died for his church. Let me give you a couple verses in a, a good Samaritan brought my spectacles. Amen. All right. Look what it says. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and what? Gave himself for it. Acts 20, verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God, watch this, which he has purchased with his own blood. You see, the church is precious. You say, why is it precious? It's not because we're such good people. Because I don't know if you've understood this or not, realize it's not. Church is made up of some whacked up people. We have issues. We have problems. We have weaknesses. We have things that we struggle with. We have things that we deal with. And the church is made up of all kind of messed up people. I don't know if you understand this or not, but Peter was a messed up dude. Peter cussed. Peter denied the Lord. He put his foot in his mouth all the way to the kneecap on several occasions. The, the, the disciples are arguing all the time who's going to be the greatest. The church is made up of just crazy people. 
messed up people, broken people who come to a place of grace. Amen. Amen. Listen, that's not why it's precious. That's not why the church is precious. It's not precious because who makes it up. It's precious because what it costs. You and I were bought with a price. You and I were slaves to Satan and sin. You and I had to be redeemed. We had to be bought back. We had to be ransomed. And the ransom was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, he's the designer. He, he is the one who come up with this idea. He paid for the church with his precious blood. How many of y'all are glad that you are saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ? Listen, he's the architect. He died for the church. No, uh, B, if you're taking notes, look, write this down. He designed it. He designed it. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. It says this. In Acts 2.47, <clears throat> Acts 2.47, praise God, or praising God. These were what the people were doing. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Watch this. And the... Lord. Who? Lord. Who? Lord. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Who's doing the building? The Lord Jesus. Who took, who took temple from, from a handful of people to a great number of people? Jesus. Who has placed people in here with the gifts and the talents and the abilities they have? Who has brought people out and brought people in? The Lord Jesus. I don't know if you understand this or not, but if you feel like it's God's will for you to be here, guess what? God designed you to fit here. God designed you to use your giftings here. It is His design. God put this team together. God put this choir together. God put the, listen, every team that we have at this church together, it is His design. And let me say this. He knows what He's doing. God designed it. He's the architect. He died for it. He designed it. Guess what? Guess what? He's also directing it. He's directing it. Listen, we get our orders from headquarters. Are y'all with me? Let me, let, me give you, let me give you a verse for that. Because some of y'all are uh, looking kind of sideways. Uh, look what it says. Colossians 1.16. Colossians 1.16. For by him... Were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Watch this, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. Let me read that again. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it is pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Let me read Ephesians 1.22. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now, the way that Paul described the church, he described the members of the church as the body of Christ. He said some are eyes, some are ears, some, some are hands, some are feet. We are all different parts of the body of Christ. But there's only one head. What does the head do? It tells everything else what to do. Your body can operate with just about it without everything 
but the head. Are y'all with me? The head controls everything. Are y'all with me? And the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the boss. He is the chief. He is the one that we follow. I was preaching to men this weekend, and, and, and I was explaining to them how the man is the head of the home, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the head of the home. I said the word head means chief. Oh, they love that. Until I, I said, look at your neighbor and say, hey, chief. Oh, yeah, hey, chief. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, they love that. Until I read the verse that said, when Jesus said, you that's going to be chief, you be the biggest servant. Yeah, yeah, yeah ladies, y'all can chime in now. Amen. You like that part. <laughs> chief, you're the leader. You're the chief. You're the one, listen, who's, who's calling the shots. Now, here's what I told those men. You are leading your wife, but guess what? You are leading your wife as you are following the Savior. According to the scripture, how can you lead your family if you're not following Christ? And here's even more important. If you're not following Christ, where in the world are you leading your family? Are y'all with me? See, we pray. We spend time with God. We, We try to follow the Holy Spirit the best we can because Jesus has the answers for the problems of our life. He is the director. He is the director. Jesus is the director of the church. Somebody say amen. All right, number two. Write this down. We see he, the architect of the church. And I, and I know some of y'all are going to think some of this is elementary, but remember, Vince Lombardi, football, all right? We're going to be really simple here because there's a lot of new people. There's a lot of new people that don't know all this stuff. Some of y'all that do, just let it be a refresher course. Who makes up the church. Who makes up the church? And you say, why is this important to know? Because there's a lot of places that's getting this messed up. There's a lot of places because they have taken, un, listen, non-biblical practices. They have created, they have created social clubs and not churches. Because they're just putting whoever and wherever and whatever in the church and that's not biblical. Now, let me, let me clarify this. Let me clarify this. When we assemble together, we want whosoever will, let them come. When we gather into this place and when we gather at Fairview, uh, listen, we want whosoever will, let them come. You don't have to have a Christian heritage. You don't have to have a Bible background. You don't have to have it all together. Because my, you might as well look at everybody's side, you don't have it all together. Listen, we want whosoever will. If you're looking, come. If you're hungry, come. If you're thirsty, if you're looking for an answer for your life, we want you to come. But coming into this building and sitting among this crowd doesn't make you a part of the church. There is very clear direction when it comes to who is the church, actually. The church is not a group of people who are mixed believers and unbelievers. You say, what is that? That's just a group of unbelievers and believers. What is the church? Let's look at, let's go to the Bible. The Bible says in Acts 2, 47, they were praising God. This was on the day of Pentecost. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In other words, all those that were being saved, the Lord was adding to the church. Now watch what it says. In Acts 2, 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now what does that mean? In order to be a part 
of the church, the body of Christ. Listen, the church is made up of saved, baptized believers. Saved, baptized believers. You say, how do I become a member of Temple Baptist Church? You have to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have to be saved. You must be born again. And then after that new birth, you have to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Let me clarify this. that You don't have to be baptized to be saved. Salvation comes by faith and grace alone. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But listen, we are to be obedient in baptism and follow the Lord in believer's baptism. So we are identifying with Christ. It's an outward testimony of what God has put inside of you. So the, 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 the assembly of the church, the attendance of the church, those who make up the church are saved, baptized believers. Say that with me. Saved, baptized believers. Preacher, what are you trying to tell me? Well, I'm trying to tell you this. You need to be saved. Whether you want to be a member of temple or not, you need to be saved. Eternity is a long time. And every man needs to be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. God wants you to be saved. You said, how could a loving God send anybody to hell? He hadn't sent anybody. He put up a barrier to keep you out of hell called Calvary. He sent his only begotten son to die on a cross to forgive you and save you. Don't tell me about unloving. He gave his all so you could get all of his. Amen. You need to be saved. You need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. It's a step of faith. It's a step of commitment, being obedient to Christ. So why should I do all that stuff? You know what? I, I, I could give you a list. I could give you a list and, 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 and just... We, we could have all day what, what it does for you and the blessing it gives you. But I don't have to. The only reason I, I need to give you is because Jesus said to. Amen. If he is your Lord, if he is your master, if he is the boss, if he is the director, then we do what he says. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. So the assembly, the assembly, the church is made up of saved, baptized believers. Now, let's get to number three. This is really what I want to, we're going to kind of dig into and deal with in the next few weeks. I want you to see the church's agenda. Because this is where people get really warped and messed up. Not just the church's architect. We know Jesus, it, Jesus is, is the one who come up with this idea of church, the assembly, the family of God, the body of Christ here on this earth. We know who makes up the church. According to scripture, it's saved, baptized believers. All right? Now, here's, here's what we need to see. What are we to do? What, what are we to do as a church? Because this is where there's such a disconnect from reality in Scripture because people have all kind of ideas of what the church is supposed to do. Sometimes I get called in as a, as a consultant, and that's, that's kind of funny, redneck from Alabama to go consult in the big city. Amen. And I'll give, out, I'll give out index cards to everybody all the way around the room. I, and they say, who needs to be? I said, every leader you have. Whoever wants, you know, I don't care who's there. Bring them all in for all I care. I'll speak to the whole church. And I pass out index cards to everybody. And I, I will ask this question, what is the purpose of the church? In other words, what is the church supposed to be doing? And if I give out 20 cards, guess how many different answers I get? 
Now let me ask you a question. If, if everybody is on a different page about what the church is supposed to do, is there any wonder the church is floundering? What are we here to do? Let me give you three things. Three things. No particular order. We've got to do all of them. And the, main, the third one is really for the purpose why we do any of them. But the first thing I want you to see. We exist. We exist to proclaim the gospel. We exist to proclaim the gospel. To get out the good news. To share scripture with every creature. Let me, let me read uh, just a verse or two right here. The Bible says, Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Philippians 2. <clears throat> Philippians 2, verse 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Watch this. How do we shine as lights in the world? Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So what is Paul saying the church is to do? We're to go into a dark world and shine the light of Jesus by holding forth the word of God in a dark and dying world. Say, what are we to do? We're to proclaim the gospel. We're to tell every drunk he can be sober. We're going to tell every broken person you can be whole. We can tell every hopeless person that there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus can turn your life around. He can turn you upside down. Listen, he is the answer for whatever's wrong in your life. Somebody say amen. We're to tell the truth. We're to tell God's word. We're to tell the gospel. The gospel is this, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus died for your sin, but he rose again so he could be the mediator, so he could be the go-between, the advocate that stands in the Father's presence on your behalf. Somebody say amen. amen. We got to get the word out. Listen, the church cannot just stay in the building. If, 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 if. What your Christian life consists of is coming. You can even be reading your Bible at home. And you just come to church and you go home and you come to church and you go home. You're not being the church. God said that the church is the salt of the earth. How many of y'all like salt? Hey, they don't use that right up north neither. Listen, I like salt. Salt makes stuff taste good, amen? I like, I like everything salt. Vinegar and salt potato chips, man. I like it all. Guess what salt will do? It'll make you thirsty. Salt is a purifier. It cleanses. That's why they put salt in a, in, in a, in a, in a water purifier. Do y'all know the ocean is the earth's souped up water system? Do you know it rains on the mountains and on all the, all the land and the, and the water filters down through to the creeks and to the rivers and all that? And you know what the rivers do? They dump out into the ocean all the impurities, all of that stuff, and it goes into what's the ocean water made out of? Salt. It is a souped-up purifying system designed by God. Isn't that awesome? And then condensation brings it back up to the, to the sky and it comes back over and rains again. And here we go again. And God is just purifying his earth. 
Well, guess what? The church is a purifying system for the community. The church is supposed to go out into the highways and hedges. The church is supposed to go out and be salt and light and go out. And, and, and by the way, salt don't work unless it touches it. You can wave that shaker over your ham all you want to, and it ain't going to do nothing. you got to get it out. What am I saying? You can come to church all you want to to the building. But unless you get out, you, you, can't, you can't purify the putrid and the dying in here. We've got to take what we have here and go out there and proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. There's hurting people that need some help. There's broken people that need to be put back together. We've got to proclaim the gospel. Amen. That's right. Sorry. Trying to stay dignified with our new folks out there. We are to proclaim the gospel. Are you salt and light in your community? Are you making a difference? Guys, we are out there today because we want to make a difference in Fairview and Eva and Holly Pond and Bailenton and every other place out there. We want to make a difference. We're out there to make contact with you right now. The church exists to proclaim the gospel. Let me give you a hint. Let me give you a hint. Do you realize, do you realize that if God didn't have a purpose for us here on this planet, that when the moment we got saved, he just took us home? Why, why would he leave us in this mess if he didn't expect us to make a difference in this mess? Amen? So, we have a responsibility to proclaim the gospel. To proclaim the gospel, to get the gospel to every creature, to take what we have in here out there, to go out there and bring those in here. You see, that's why we have an outreach and missions team. An outreach and missions team. Outreach and missions. Outreach is reaching out and bringing them to the gospel. That's what we do here local. We go into our communities. We go into our schools. We go into our neighborhoods. And we say, listen, you've got to come. And you've got to see. You've got to come. And you've got to hear. I want you to sit beside me. I want to invite you to be in the house of God with me today. Amen. That's outreach. But then we have missions. That is when we take the gospel from here and we go out there and we go to the mission field and we go to Germany and we go to Africa and we go to Australia and we go to Birmingham yeah. or Huntsville or Moulton. Listen, some people won't come here. So guess what? We'll go there. That's our job. Church is not a social club, guys. Church is, you know what church has become in the, in the, in the States and in, in, here in America? It's become a place where we can go socialize. Most people leave church and they can't even remember what the preacher said, but they can remember what they talked with with old Joe in the corner. Or the joke little Johnny said. Or the ball game they talked about. Amen. I, I better behave. This is the first time, amen. <laughs> Listen, we're to proclaim the gospel. But not just that. We're here not only for the proclamation of the gospel. We're here for the edification of the saints. Amen. Now you say, what does that mean? 
In Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11, the Bible says that God gave giftings. He gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. What did he give them for? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, the word perfecting doesn't mean without error. How many of y'all know nobody's perfect? Nobody. Perfecting there means maturing. It means developing. So what is to happen when God's people come to God's house? And we call it God's house. And let me, let me say that. Let me clarify that. There's nothing sacred about this building. It's concrete and carpet. You are God's house. You are God's temple. Wherever you go, that's where the church is. But I'm using this as an illustration because it's what we understand. When we come to this building and we gather together to learn and to teach, and all, what are we doing? We're building each other up. We're edifying each other. We're strengthening our faith. We are learning God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we're getting stronger and we're building each other up. It says for the edifying, the building up of the saints. You have to become mature. The moment you get saved, that, that's not the final deal. That's not all there is to it. Listen, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. When, 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 when a mother has a baby in, 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 the, in the hospital and they come out to the delivery room, you don't you put a 20 in his pocket and says, all right, good luck. <laughs> Do what you can. <laughs> Call me at graduation. You said, that's ridiculous. That's no more ridiculous than thinking when a person saved, they've got it all together already. Babies have accidents. Horrendous ones. And you got to change diapers. And you got to burp them things. And, and, and they'll spit up all over you. And it's nasty. Come on, don't look at me that way. I have four of them. And you know what? You, you just say... I don't know what it was about my mama, but I think she thought her spit was dial soap or something. It just fixed anything. Am I right? Listen, we, we, we train them. We develop them. Miss Sherry, you can't, I'll watch it now over there. Be careful. Miss Sherry just had, just had a flashback. That's what that was right there. What do you do? You train that child and you help that child till that child is able to stand on its own. And by the way, I know we're not going this, but I'm going to just throw this out there. Guys, our job as parents is to make sure that they can live without us. Anyway, that's, that's, that's a family devotion we'll do later. Amen? But we're here as a family. When somebody saved, the Bible calls them a babe in Christ. As a babe in Christ, they desire the sincere milk of the word. Amen? And then they grow. They grow. We expect you to grow. We expect you to develop. We expect you to mature. If a baby stayed a baby for 20 years, we would say there's a problem. You can't stay in the shape you came with. God saved you. Guess what? But he developed a church to put you in, to train you and develop you and mature you and build and edify you. Does that make sense? So there's more to this than just coming in here and being entertained. I don't want you to come in here being entertained. 
Listen, it's not about that. It's not about coming here and getting a, oh, I've got a good feeling. I can go back out one more time. No. I, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm tired of Christians getting beat up. I'm talking about just getting a dog beat out of it. And then they're dragging in, bleeding everywhere. And then coming in because they have this entertainment mentality. They get, get to feel good a little bit. And they don't get any stronger. They don't get any better or any more mature. And they go out and get beat up again. I'm ready for Christians to knock the door down, come in and say, yeah! I mean, just bust through the door like Kramer into the house of God. Say, I'm ready, let's get it on. Amen? Will, I got to behave. I don't know what's come over me this morning. The edification of saints. Let's calm down, people. Amen. Edification. I'm just nervous, guys. That's all it is. It's just nervous energy coming, coming out of this. How many of y'all agree we gotta we gotta grow? We gotta be mature. We gotta develop. But then then lastly, and, and, and listen, we're gonna go into detail in the next few weeks how we do all this stuff. In the next few weeks, we're gonna detail how we do all this stuff. The DNA of our church. Now, how we develop disciples, how we mature and how we grow. But here's why we do everything we do. Here's why we do everything we do. Listen, don't leave without this, because this is the most important thing. We're here to proclaim the gospel. We're here for the proclamation of the gospel. We're here for the edification of the saints. But we do all of that stuff for the glorification of the Savior. Amen. Now let me read this verse. Let me read this verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether, therefore, ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Say it with me. Do all to the glory of God. Ephesians 1.12. That we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ. Preacher, what are you saying? Let me, let me sum this. And, and don't, when you go to shut your notes, you kind of got to be, look at me just a minute. I want to wrap it all up right here. Wrap it all up right here. Watch this. You don't have to go to a bookstore and buy a book, The Purpose of Life. The Purpose of Life. Why are you here? Let me save you some money. If you're bound and determine it, just send me an offering and I, I'm, I'm going to save you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> let, me, let me save you some money on that. You were put on this earth for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Your primary purpose was not marriage. Your primary purpose was not to be a plumber or to be a preacher or to be a doctor, to be an evangelist. Your primary purpose was not all those things. Those are secondary. Your primary purpose was to bring glory and honor to God. Do you remember when the, the, the man that was born blind, Jesus and his disciples are walking by him? You say, well, that was just, that was just an accident. That was just well, something, that, you know. They asked the question, is he the sinner? Or is his parents the sinner? Because he is born this way. And you know, you know, after three years of Jesus dealing with them disciples, he had the eye rolled down. Like, what? Here, this guy, this poor guy, he's born blind, and you're standing there calling him a... What? Listen, how, how is he going to be the sinner... He, he was born this way. 
He said, look, it wasn't because of his parents. It wasn't because of what he did. This was all to the glory of God. Say, what happened? Jesus healed him. And the people got to see the power of God. And God was magnified and glorified in that situation. So preacher, why am I going through what I'm going through? It may be for the glory of God. You see, you see, how many of y'all remember the, 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 the three Hebrew children who went through the fiery furnace? Yeah. I don't know if you understand this or not, but that is a serious situation. Yeah. Right. Now, we don't even understand that type of persecution and that type of deal. But these guys were told, if you do what you do and you don't bow down like we tell you to, we're going to throw you into a furnace. A real fire. Matter of fact, it was so real that the, the, the guys that threw them in got burned up because it was so hot. Yeah. And God allowed it. Isn't this amazing? These are the only guys who had the courage to stand up and be godly. And their God let them. You ever wondered that sometimes? Right, Y'all are more holy than I am. <laughs> Sometimes I've wondered, God, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm giving what I'm supposed to give. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And all them turkeys out there are not living right. Everything's going right for them, and everything's going wrong for me. Y'all probably never felt that way, though. Here I am doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm getting thrown in the fire. But they stayed faithful. And they were, they were kind of spunky, too. I appreciate that about them. They said, we're going to give you another chance. Bow down. Hey, let me tell you something, King. Our God is able to deliver us in this fire. Ho, 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 ho. He's able. But if he don't. This is how they said it. This is, this is, this is King James smart aleck talk. <laughs> they said, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Now, if you want to translate that in Alabama, that means we're not going to beat around the bush, bud. We're going to tell you just like it is. We still ain't bowing. If God chooses to let us burn up, if God chooses to let us die, we're still not bowing. That didn't go over well. They said, listen, make it hotter than it ever was. I think it was seven times hotter. And they threw him in. And the, <laughs> and, and the only thing that happened, yeah. the ropes that had them tied burn up. Amen. Yeah. Can you imagine them old boys falling down in that fire like? Yeah. 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 Don't act like you wouldn't do a jig. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the king said, uh, how many we throw in there? They said three. He said, uh-uh. Because I see. And, yeah, that'll do a jig. And not only that, but they said, he looks like the Son of God. 
what happened? Now think about this. Their trial, their difficulty, revealed God to a heathen yeah. king. Right. Yeah. And this is what he said, get them out! <laughs> and you know what he said after that? That heathen king said, we're wrong. Yeah. They're right. Amen. Their God is the only one. Yeah. Their God, what happened? God got glory. Out of their trial. Yeah. You see, sometimes God will allow us to go through stuff we don't understand. But it's so that in the end, He gets the glory. Amen. And everything we do here, everything we say here, everything we practice here, is to make Him look Amen. good. Sometimes we use terms that people don't understand. What do you mean, give God glory? What do you mean? It makes Him look good. If, if I was to stand here and, 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 and glorify my wife, I'd tell you, she's the best-looking woman on this planet. When I see her coming, my temperature rises. <laughs> my blood pressure gets a little hot. Are y'all with me? I think she's awesome. And I begin, what am I doing? I'm making her look good in front of you. Now watch this. There's two things we got to do there. And then, I didn't really mean to throw this in, but while I'm at it, let's get it. Yeah. We need to make God look good in front of other people by glorifying and bragging on Him. Amen. But guess what? In your praise and worship, if all I ever did was brag on her to you, that's only half of it. Right. I need to go in her face and say, baby. Yeah. Amen. You are everything to me. You see the difference? You see, we got to get that in our worship right. It's good to talk about God and brag about God, but sometimes we just need to sing to God and worship Him. That's what we do here, guys. We are going to proclaim the gospel, and we're going to do it as much as we can to every creature. Listen, the, 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 the money that comes in here is going straight back out to get the gospel to every creature. And the larger we get, the more we can do that, and the more missionaries we can send, and the more churches we can plant to proclaim the gospel. Amen. And guys, when you come, you're not going to get some sugar-coated devotion. Amen. I'm not here to make you feel good. Amen. I'm not here to tickle your fancy. I'm not here to scratch your itching ears. I'm here to tell you the truth. Yeah. If you want somebody to tell you the truth, ho, 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 I'm out of time, ho, ho. If you want somebody to tell you the truth, come on. It's the only thing that's going to help. It's the only thing that's going to make a difference. I want somebody to be straight with me. Even if I don't like it. There were some things said in that men's conference. He's, they, they were some good speakers at that men's conference. Man, they was giving it to us. And I was like, ooh. But you know what? I appreciated it. Even if I didn't like it. Even if I knew he was getting on me and showing me things I need to get right and fix and Appreciated it. And we're going to edify you. We're going to build you up. And I'm going to tell you this. If all you come for is to get some kind of spiritual high or some kind of entertainment, you want these people to tell you, leave you alone in your sin, then this is not the place for you. Amen. If you want to be encouraged and edified and built up and told the truth, come on. 
Because everything we do here is to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you help me today in giving praise and glory? Giving praise and glory in Fairview. Yeah. I want you to do this. I want, I want every head bowed. I want every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Every head bowed. Every head bowed and every eye closed.